Thank you for joining us on season two of the Southwest Florida Business Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and today I'm joined by Captain Bill Moore and Samantha McEnhill from Live Blue. So they handle yacht management, yacht charter, yacht sales, everything from the time that you buy the boat until the time you sell it. And the main thing we touch on in this episode, the underlying thread is that your boat is an asset. And so we looked at some of the ways that you can actually protect your assets, some of the ways that you can actually reduce the cost of ownership on your boat and how you can manage maintenance. So when you show up to the boat and you want to use it, you can actually use it and enjoy it. Um, one of the things they're offering to new customers now is a free boat safety assessment test. So if you want to sign up for that and learn more, click the link that's in the show notes below and you can fill out the form and get access to that. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Bill and Sam from Live Blue. This episode is brought to you by Southwest Florida Podcast. We help businesses make marketing videos. A lot of businesses see the value in video content, but they don't know where to start. Filming, editing, posting on social media, these can take up a lot of time and they can be pretty frustrating. And that's where we come in. We work with businesses to highlight the value they bring to their customers and share that online. Now we've created the Marketing Manager's Guide to Video Content that you can download for free by following the link below or scanning the QR code on your screen. Now, enjoy the show. Bill, Sam, thank you guys for joining me. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, so exciting. Oh, well, let's dig right into it. So, Live Blue, can we talk about, I wanna talk about a few things because I know that this was Captain Bill's yacht management not too long ago and we're switching to Live Blue now because the company's evolving, it's growing. Like you said, just before we started rolling, it's evolving to more than just you being able to run it and it's taking on a new life of its own. So can we talk about, let's start there yeah. with the name change and and how this all got started. Yeah. So um, we got hooked up with Samantha here and we started looking at the business and how we can grow it and change it and incorporate her more into the business. And about that time, I kind of realized it's no longer Captain Bill Yacht Management because it's not <laughs> Captain Bill doing everything anymore. And in reality, it never really was because we had this community of experts that we brought to the table that always supported whatever I did. I was just the face of it. Well, I'm still kind of the face of it, but not really. And so Live Blue really has kind of taken the thoughts and the beliefs that we came up with as a business to try to elevate us to the next level, to really remember what we're focused on, which is our customers and how to help them make lasting memories that you know last a lifetime. And those are really what's important for us of why I got into this business um, and, and that's, that's really the kind of the gist of it, how we developed it. Yeah. I think live blue just means so much more than, um, you know, opposed to Captain Bill Yacht Management. Live blue is just, it's so, um. Symbolic. Yeah. Symbolic. It's, um, like blue is just so relaxing and, um, yeah, I don't, I don't. It's tranquil. I mean, blue stands yeah. for a lot of different things and means yeah. a lot of different things to people. Obviously being in the marine industry, Blue yeah. is associated with water. One of one of my favorite sayings now is blue is basically where the heaven meets the earth. Mm -hmm. So it's a perfect combination of it symbolizes our business and its strength and its opportunity. Mm -hmm. And for people, the ocean means so many different things to so many different people. That's true. You, you get out on the water and it's like everything melts away. The stress goes away. Mm. Everything becomes tranquil. Everything becomes more clear. Uh, and, and that's kind of really kind of how we were looking at the business okay. and how we wanted to project what we did as a business to our owners. 
because we want to be able to have our owners feel comfortable on the water, not stressed, not worried, happy, tranquil, peaceful, all those things that blue means. And so that's how the Live Blue uh, came into play. Well, and that's not that's not always the case on the water. Like I've been, I'm not a huge boat person myself, <laughs> but as you know, my whole family is boat people. They like being on boats. Yes. They like going out. My experience with boating is when we were younger, we'd go out, we'd go out on the water and then we'd get home and I'd have to clean the boat or my brother would have to clean the boat. Mm-hmm. And so that was where I got the aversion from. But I know that one thing that frustrates a lot of people when they buy a yacht or they buy a larger boat is all of the maintenance that comes with it, all the issues that can arise, everything that needs to get taken care of where I think people kind of sometimes will get into this like, yeah, I just get a boat and I'll go whenever I want. And then it comes with a lot of problems if they're not mitigated, especially. So um, I want to circle back to the story, but maybe let's touch on what it means to actually deliver like a tranquil experience for people on the water. Cause it's not, it's not as straightforward as, as people think. No, it's, it's definitely not. Yeah. Um, So what, what, what kind of things arise? So what are some of the challenges that your customers deal with pretty much on a consistent basis with yacht ownership? And what are some of the ways that you guys address those and then make it an actual enjoyable experience to own a yacht? Well, I think, one of the best ways for me to describe it is basically tell a story. And the story is probably that most people are going to be able to relate to. They've, they've either heard it, experienced, or done it. Okay. So uh, over the holidays, I had the pleasure of captaining several different boats for a variety of different people. And this one particular customer, he got the boat, I don't know, March, April timeframe. And this is his first time his family's come down. So he had all the family coming down. Kids were excited about going to Key Wade and playing in the sand. Mom and dad wanted to get the suntan before they went back to Chicago. You know, everybody was really looking forward to this trip. So the boat owner said, hey, you know what? I'm going to be really smart about this. I'm going to go down to the boat the day before and, you know, get everything ready, go clean it. You know, he's like, no problem. I'll just go down there. So he goes down there goes down to the boat, gets on the boat, looks at all the bird poop that's all over his boat. He's like, I thinking to himself, I was just going to come here. I was just going to rinse it off and then I was out of here. No, next thing you know, he's going to have to spend a couple of hours cleaning his boat. So he says, well, I'll just turn on the radio, rock out to some tunes, you know, have a good time, clean the boat, everything will be fine. So he goes over and goes, oh, oh stereo's not working. Why isn't the stereo working? It's like, oh, crap. Oh, I forgot to turn the batteries on. So he goes down, turns the batteries on. Stereo's still not working. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> so... He messes around with the things, can't figure it out, and says, well, you know what? I'll go get the Doc Master. So Doc Master's a good guy. I know him real well. So he says he'll come down. So he comes down, looks at the boat, and goes, oh, well, your shore power is disconnected. Well, how did the shore power get disconnected? He's like, I don't know, but let me flip the breaker and see if it comes on. Flips the breaker, nothing happens. I'm like, oh, man. So he doesn't really, now he doesn't know what's going on. So the Doc Master calls me up and says, got this guy with the boat. Batteries dead, not working, can't get anything to work, got any ideas. And I asked him, I said, well, did you flip the breaker for the boat? He goes, no, the breakers for the batteries are on. I said, no, 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 there's a breaker for the boat itself. He's like, oh, wait a minute, let me see. And I said, I think it's in the hold. It's usually here. So he goes in and looks and a few seconds later, he found it. Found it. And so I was, okay, we'll flip it, see what happens. So he flips it, nothing, still not working. I'm like, oh. Can't figure it out. So he says, well, let's, let's, nothing we can do. And so that's a very common problem that people get on their boat and all of a sudden the battery won't start. 
or the you know the engine won't start. Or it's, and and in this particular case, I got in the morning, found out that yeah, the shore power was disconnected. We charged the batteries up overnight, and the boat worked. But had he not known that the breaker was flipped, that this was flipped, and he would have showed up with his entire family in tow, mm-hmm. he would have never gotten out of the boat. And that's a very common problem that I see a lot of. Uh, it, it's it's a typical situation. You know, there's story after story after story I could tell. I had one guy call me up the other day and said, hey, I can't get my Garmin screen to work. And I'm like, okay, so you got the power on. We walked through a bunch of stuff. He's like, yeah, I can't figure it out. And I said, okay, well, I'm right near you, so let me swing by. So I swung by, go to the marina, walk into the boat, looked at his boat, looked at the batteries. I'm like, okay, checked all the things that we talked about on the phone. And then went, hmm, walked over and I hit one switch. Boop, screen comes on. You're like, I had no idea. He had no <laughs> clue. That's all he had to do was hit one switch. And I'm like, so that's a, a typical, typical things we run into with a boat. Nothing ever goes smoothly. And unfortunately, while our mantra is to help people create lasting memories, we want to create the good ones, not the bad ones. Because yeah. there's an awful lot of bad memories that can be around a boat. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, prime example. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. And so these boats that you're helping, you're helping different customers on, what are, like, what are the size ranges that you're helping with? So we have everything from a 22-foot all the way up to a 70-foot in our inventory right now that we help manage and maintain. Okay. So every once in a while, we'll get some boats that are kind of out of that range, but that's the the bulk of them is that 22 to 70 with most of them falling in between the 32 and 50 foot range. Okay. Got it. And so in that zone, right, is that kind of where these boats take on like extra systems? There's more complexities. Like what, what size range do you notice where all of a sudden it goes from like, hey, throw it on the trailer and like, you know, show up and have a good time. And if something little goes wrong, it's not a big deal. Where is that the size range where it, you you kind of need to know, you know what's going on? It used to be based on size. It's not anymore. Okay. Because boats have go, gotten so technologically advanced over time that it doesn't matter if it's a 22-foot or if it's a 70-foot. They're, they're all getting more and more technologically connected. So, for example, you can get a Seakeeper, which is a stabilizing system for a boat. You can put that on a little bay boat, 22-foot bay boat, if you want. Really? Yeah. So it all depends on what the manufacturer can stuff into it because the manufacturers are about making money. The customers, I want convenience, I want quality, I want all of these things in my boat. So they're happily taking all of this stuff in. So whereas before you would get on a 32-foot boat, you wouldn't see a generator, you wouldn't see an air conditioner, you wouldn't see a sea keeper, you wouldn't see a head, you wouldn't see any of these types of things. Now you've got almost all the same systems that are coming into a big yacht, mm-hmm. but in a smaller package. Mm-hmm. Got it. And so, what's that like to uh, to manage? Like, what, for just say say you're a, a boat owner yourself, and you try to take these things on. What what is that process like to manage to stay on top of? Like, how do people do it now? I'm going to actually pass that to you. Yeah, I feel you're like. The- yeah, I feel like it's just like kind of experience. I mean, um, depending on the client, you know, if you've grown up on boats and you're familiar with boats, um, it may not be as difficult. I mean, I think it's always going to be time sensitive. Um, so just based on how much time you have available or want to spend, because some people do want to spend time on their boat um, and work on it. But um, the more knowledgeable you are about all the systems and all the things, um, regular maintenance, I mean, uh, you know, bilge pump is a good example of like something that not, you know, a lot, not a lot of people know about. Um, and so it, it's just really, it's, it kind of varies from, from person to person on, on what they want to do, um, how much time and effort they want to put into it. 
um, yeah. Got it. And mm -hmm. so when you start working with people, is that part of the assessment process of how you actually work with them is like kind of understanding their knowledge base and what they already know and yeah. what they want help with or what they actually don't want help with me. Yeah. I think our biggest thing is like, you know, we want to create lasting relationships between us as well um, as, you know, the boat people themselves, but um, us as a business and them together. So, you know, making those uh, connections with, you know, with each person um, and knowing what they do for a living, what, how much, you know, time and effort they have. Do they have family and kids? Um, because a lot of the time that that can gauge on gauge us on on what to do and what they want and what their actual needs are. So um, that's kind of how we uh, customize each person um, to what they need and, and want and, you know, make it make our relationship better with them just based on what we can offer. So... One of the things I, I learned very young as a captain was as a boat captain, you get to see people at their best and at their worst mm -hmm. and involved in all sorts of situations that you can't even imagine. And that led into really, truly understanding your customer and your client, you know, those people that you're working for, the families that you're involved in, because they're the ones that are going to dictate to you of how you need to respond to certain situations. And, you know... Boaters can relate to this. If you've ever owned a boat and you put it in a boat ramp and you sat there at the boat ramp and watched people launch and recover their boats, mm -hmm. I mean, that is absolutely hysterically great entertainment. <laughs> I mean, there's full YouTube channels on it right. with hundreds yeah. of thousands of views on each video. It's 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 and, weird how interesting it is. To and watch. it's all about the relationships. And I, and I say that's, you know, the one of the things as a captain that, that my job is the biggest of is keeping husband and wives from not getting divorced <laughs> because it will happen when it comes to a boat. And it happens, you know, unfortunately, it does happen on a regular basis that a boat is the reason why people get divorced. Yeah, well, and, and it can be a huge money sink too if, you don't, if you're not careful about it, if you don't plan it out. So when you start working with people, how do you take a look at, that aspect of it too is like, okay, you want to use this. This is your job. Like you said, you have kids, you want to use it X amount of time. Like, how do you also incorporate, okay, how often are you willing to put this in for maintenance? How often are you willing to swap out these basic parts like O-rings or clamps or basic things that people might overlook, which ultimately become the money sink, I'd imagine. Right. Those are yes. kind of the basics. So how do you incorporate that when you start working with somebody to figure out what they want and, and what they're willing to kind of bake in there? COVID did not do us any favors in this in this realm. How so? Because when COVID hit, everybody was, you know, locked in their own little bubble, if you will. And kind of like RVs, everybody went out and said, well, let's go by boat. Well, we can't go to the movies. We're not going on cruises. We can't travel. We're going to go take that travel budget. Now we're going to go buy a boat. Mm -hmm. And so it flooded the market with first-time boat owners who bought boats that were bigger than they can handle or bigger than they can afford. And many people don't realize that if you buy a half a million dollar yacht, you're putting a good amount of money into that yacht every year just to maintain it at a certain level. And part of what we have to do is educate people on what it really does take to maintain a boat. And I've lost clients because in the end, they've got out of the out of boating because they realized, yeah, I could afford the half a million dollar yacht, but I did not realize that every time that I service these three engines, it's going to cost me $1,000. And that every time I use the generator, it's going to cost me another $1,000 plus the gas, plus the keep, 
plus the upkeep. And oh, by the way, you got your boat in the water and you need to have divers come clean all the scum off the bottom of it, even if it's bottom painted. So they don't realize all of the stuff that goes into owning a boat. So it's much of an education process. And a lot of our business is about educating people. That's, this, is our, this is our passion. Boating the waterways is our passion. And so for us to educate people and help people along in this process is kind of where we thrive and we get our energy from, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes total sense. And you give people a sense of either calmness or of a realization of, oh, I can't do this actually. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, does that help people in the, like, have you seen that? Although you might lose a customer, does that help people give some you know, closure or clarity to owning a boat and not finding out a year later and a hundred thousand dollars later that. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the old saying the two best days of a boat owner, the day they buy it and the day they sell it. <laughs> <laughs> Every boat owner knows that saying, or, you know, it's, it's, Oh, put another thousand in or, but it's only another thousand. You know, there's, there's a, a all sorts of different kinds to go to that. So helping us for us, helping those folks of doing, it's like the ocean, you know, today, absolutely calm and beautiful tomorrow, five foot seas. You know, it, it, it's it's a roller coaster. And as long as we can help people make it a little smoother and a little easier, then we're good with that. Got it. Okay. And so what are some of these, when you take a look at preventative maintenance and things like that, what are some of the things you recommend boat owners actually take a look at? What's the basics they should start looking at? Dig into your owner's manual will help a lot. You know, depending on the boat that you have, almost every boat has got a seacock in it. And the seacock is basically a valve that goes between the watertight portion of your boat and the outside. And the valve basically opens and closes. If you leave it open, it goes through a hose. If you close it, it shuts the valve. 90% of the boat owners out there have no idea what it is or that it needs to be exercised on a regular basis. And the reason for that is, let's say, and this goes back to your comment about people don't understand bilge pumps. That bilge pump goes out somewhere to the environment. And when water comes in, it's got to go out. And so if you have a hole in your boat from another piece of a hose or something like this, and you don't know how to close that seacock, then there's a good chance that your boat's going to sink because your bilge pump is not going to be able to handle that amount of water. It happened to a boat off of Miami a few weeks ago. They're, they uh, blew a hose that went to their engine. And um, had the captain on board known that all he had to do was close that seacock, the crisis would have been completely averted. So very simple things like that. Um, if you've got a generator or if you've got um, diesel engines, you've got what's called um, a sea strainer, which is basically a basket. Think of like your pool skimmer basket. It needs to be combed out and cleaned on a regular basis because it fills up with algae and scum, mussels, crabs, whatever get into it. Sure. Because it's open to the outside and that needs to be cleaned on a regular basis. Otherwise, your systems are going to fail. Those are just two examples of things that need to be done on a boat on a regular basis. So there's these basic things that if people just knew about, I don't know, maybe we'll call it a handful of basics that you just cleaned out, you had minimal upkeep on, you'd probably eliminate, what, 80% of your problems, something like that. Oh, there's unforeseen you, things. You, but. you would eliminate some of you, right? Only about 80% because okay. there really is a lot more to it than in the basics, which is honestly how we got involved in this business to begin with because okay. we realized that there was a need that people had that they either, A, as a first-time boat owner, don't understand all the systems in their boat. They don't know what they're looking at. 
Most people can open up a hood of a car and go, okay, there's the battery, there's the carburetor, there's the engine, there's this. You kind of have a general understanding because you grew up with it. But for many people that haven't been longtime boat owners, they don't know these things. Mm. Um, and so it either becomes an education process or it begins, okay, we need to step in and help you out here. And part of what we do is a vessel orientation with folks is we'll go through the entire system with them. And if you bought a new boat, the dealership will do this as well. But generally, when you buy the new boat, you're not really focused on that. You're, I want to get on the water. Yeah. I want to go play. I want to go do this. And they're very quick about what they're doing. They're just flying through it. So this is a little bit more in depth where we'll walk through all the systems with you to make sure you fully understand everything that's got to be done and and what you've got to look at. And it's, and it's kind of like a training process. Mm. So there is a lot more to it than just simple stuff. There's safety requirements. There's laws that change. There's... Um, Things that you do to make your passengers comfortable, you know, it's it's not a boat is not put gas in it and go. There's a lot, lot more to it. Um, and as things evolve and change, that's becoming more and more centered around technology as well, uh, which is another problem because you put salt water with electronics and electrical, they always have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. And does that add to your your need to stay on top of it, the salt water just on its own? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, I think. I'm from Michigan, so, uh, you know, I grew up on Lake, Lake Michigan, like Charlevoix and uh, things like that. And so the the maintenance is 100% different. I mean, you have to clean out your engines. You have to, you know, wash your boat down. It's not, I mean, not that you don't have to do that in Michigan, but it's not as much as uh, a necessity as it is here. So For sure. It's very different. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. just entire. It's it's interesting how these things change where you go different places and then the landscape changes of what factors you have. Like you have salt water, you've got like hurricanes like we just saw. I mean, it's it's pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, and so I'm actually curious on this with all these different facets of it and if you can teach people how these things work and what you need to know about your boat, do you think that that would, I don't know, make like insurance companies more friendly to boating or it would make things better in that aspect or it would would it not have much of an impact? I, I, the, right now, the way the regulations are going, it's getting harder and harder and insurance companies and after Ian came through, it's going to get worse, I think. So insurance companies are not friendly towards boaters because there's a huge amount of loss that's incurred. Um, and it's not just, you know, if you learn how to boat in saltwater environment, that's great. But boating in saltwater environment in Southwest Florida is different than the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Even, for example, in taking care of your boat, we, we see a difference in taking care of a boat in Naples versus Marco. Or so. even differences in it, this part of Naples Bay versus this part of Naples Bay. So, for example, if you're in a place that's got a lot of current or a lot of water flow, chances are you won't have as many barnacles or algae and stuff that collect to the bottom of your boat. But if you're inside of an enclosed basin that doesn't get a lot of water movement, that's a perfect place for algae and stuff to grow. Another prime example is in Naples Bay. We have those great, big, fantastic jets that fly over top of the bay all the time. Well, they put out soot that falls on your boat. Don't have that problem in Marco <laughs> because there's not the airplanes going over top. So your environment changes from location to location to location as well. And so the needs of your boat will change based upon your usage or the location or not using the boat. All of that changes. And so insurance companies are now getting to the point that if you don't have experience on X, Y, and Z boat, they're not going to write the policy for you and you can't drive your boat. So you've got to hire a captain to drive your boat. And we have several clients that own boats that can't drive them because the insurance companies won't allow them to. Hmm. 
And this is a fairly new change? Somewhat. In the larger boats, it's always been this way. Okay. Um, in the really bigger boats. But now it's even got down to the smaller boats. So if you haven't operated a 32-foot boat, depending on your insurance company, they may not insure you if you've never operated a boat like that or taken a class or gone through training or had another captain certify that you are capable of handling the boat. Really? Okay. What, so what do you think dri- what, what do you think is driving that? Risk. It's all about the risk. Um, so what's different, what's different now than it was, let's say maybe 10 years ago that you see bigger boats, bigger systems, more people on the water. Got it. Okay. And then you add storms and all that other business aspects to insurance companies that everybody's feeling it it just adds to it. But those are the three biggest factors. Number of people using boats, um, the, the size of the boats, the cost of the boats, uh, are all big drivers. Yeah, the cost of these boats has gotten insane, it seems like. I mean, the, it's I, I wasn't really looking boat prices 10 years ago, but I know that it's was it from COVID? Do you think caused it because the boat prices seem to go up like $300,000. It's it's a combination of a lot of things. So I think re- more recently, I think supply chain issues, labor shortages, the cost of labor going up, so all the same things that we experience as business owners as a general rule has definitely hit that market. I also believe that demand has definitely done that. I mean, I know that when I bought my boat, my personal boat 10 years ago, it now is the same value that it was 10 years ago. And that's unheard of for a boat to actually hold value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we say to people all the time is your boat is your, is an asset. If you don't look at like an asset and it's just, you can throw it away, then I'm glad you got that money to throw away. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the cost of a boat, most boats these days that are being bought and sold in the 30 to 40 foot range or the median price of value of a house. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's almost absurd. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So now that these prices have gotten to this point, you do have the insurance factor where it's getting more and more difficult and probably more expensive. I'd imagine as things get this way. So what are some of the things that you guys do to help protect the value of those assets for, Boat owner. Why don't you talk about the 24-7 management stuff? Yeah, I think we have a lot of um, different systems in place. Um, so we can we have the um, technology to monitor your boat from a distance. So, um, you know, I, I keep going back to the bilge pump, but, you know, if the bilge pump goes out or if a battery is dead or if your offshore power is not connected, um, those are a lot of things that we can get um, just remotely. And so we kind of take – we have those that – the modern technology to take care of your boat. And we keep track of that along with the in-person care. So, um, you know, we can do a variety of things from a distance that a lot of people don't have. Go back to the owner that we talked about earlier that his battery was dead. So when he came back, what happened, we figured it out. He basically didn't turn off his batteries. And so every boat has a drain even when the batteries are off in some cases, the newer boats do because of all the electronics that are in them. So they're constantly draining your battery. So if you don't either use your boat or charge your boat, your batteries are eventually going to drain down. Well, our system tells me the battery voltage of your boat at any given point in time. And if it gets below a certain level, then I get an email and I get a phone call or I get notified of some sort so that I can say, hey, Chris, your batteries are low. You need to charge your boat or you need um, you know, to run it. The other thing we could have done with this is we noticed, too, that the shore power is not connected. So, oh, hey, so-and-so, your shore power is not connected. You might want to check to make sure your shore power is connected. So these are things that we do outside of our regular monthly or biweekly or 
whatever our visits that we customize for our customer that allow us to look at those types of things. Mm -hmm. um, a great example that we had um, during Hurricane Ian, Ian was we were monitoring one of the boats and we noticed that the bilge pump was running an awful lot. Well, that off of us told us right off the bat, uh-oh, there's a lot of water getting in the, in the boat. Maybe it's because of the rain. Maybe it's because of this. Not quite sure. Well, a couple of hours before we had noticed that the shore power was disconnected. So that told us that they lost power at the house because his cameras were no longer working. And what we were able to determine was based on the location, because we also tracked the location of a boat and have a geofence set up, that the boat had moved something like 20 or 30 feet. Well, we had surmised that at some point in time, the water level got high enough that it floated the boat up off the lift. And then when the water receded, it went back down off the lift because by timestamps, we could see the boat was located here. And two hours later, it was located here. So what we learned the next day when we went out there was the boat had gone up off the lift. The storm had actually broken two of the tie down lines that we had on the boat and the boat fell off the lift and then sank back off the back end of the lift. So when we got to the boat, it was hanging up off the lift like this, you know, 45, 50 degree angle with the motor submerged. Mm -hmm. So we would have known, we knew exactly what was happening with the boat before we could ever go look at it. We just couldn't do anything about it because of the storm. For sure. Mm -hmm. But, and then you take that into like a, a non-hurricane situation where you can get there. I'd imagine that is a pretty huge difference on the impact of, or the outcome of how these things happen. Like, let's say you did have a situation where it was sinking. That's something that you could then get notified mm -hmm. of, like, remotely? Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, modern yeah. technology. And ours is not a real expensive piece of equipment. There are some much more expensive pieces of equipment that you can install on boats that are much higher level um, than our $500 device. You know, there are thousands and thousands of dollars that you can equip your boat with to protect it. I mean, you can put sensors on just about everything just like you can in your house. You know, door sensors, motor sensors, anything you can think of, they can install it. Um, so if you're, if you're a boat owner and you have this expensive <clears throat> asset and you have all these systems that can monitor it, does that have any impact on reducing costs or insurance costs? Like how, how does that all play in? Yeah, if you have this um, system on place on, on your boat, um, that can reduce your uh, insurance by a lot. So it can save you a lot of money. And then it also helps with, you know, the theft of boats too. Um, anything that happens with your boat that can, you know, can protect you on that front as well. So, you know, the insurance companies, you know, appreciate that obviously. Um, Some insurance companies won't even insure it without it. Yeah. Really? You have to put a tracking device on it. Okay. So you need a tracking device on some of these so they know where it's at in case it gets stolen. But yep. also, mm -hmm. do they look at these other systems too? Is that Does that play a role in whether or not they'll insure you or your insurance rates, things like that? Not so much that. For the insurance company, it's mostly the tracking of the vessel. Okay. Um, that's their big thing that they're looking at is the tracking of the vessel and be able to know where it is at any given point in time. Um, you know, it, it, it wasn't our boat, but a same similar system was set up on a boat in Fort Myers and during Hurricane Ian, uh, they were able to locate a boat when they went to go figure out where they were. And it was in downtown, you know, Fort Myers Beach. And where they found it was on top of a restaurant. So it actually floated out of the barn and then floated and landed on top of a restaurant. So they were able to use the tracking device to figure out that it's over here, not over here. Of course, they didn't know it was on top of the building until they got there. <laughs> but <laughs> Oh, my God. What a sight. Yeah. And that was, that was, uh, we heard lots of stories of people who didn't know where their boats were. Mm -hmm. yeah. Didn't know where their boats were, didn't know where their jet skis were, you know, just didn't know where their assets were. And, 
you know, you think about it again, like we do is this, this is an asset and a very expensive asset. You want to know where your asset is at all given points in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got to cover your asset. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so on, uh, and one thing that you mentioned too, I know we were talking about this last week, but there's, a, there's been a whole string of like theft, like robberies of these different boats down in Naples and things like that. What's going on with that? So, um, yeah, it's been it, like, I think it started right before Christmas mm-hmm. and there's been, and it's, this is always an issue. It just happened to be a, a rash of it that, you know, in one particular marina that I know, they hit four boats in one night and it's really, it's smash and grabs. So what do they steal? Electronics, the head units, because it's easy for them to grab and they go. And each one of those units, you know, they're thousands and thousands of dollars. And so you're talking a typical installation could be twelve, thirteen, fourteen thousand $14,000 to install a set of screens. Got so it. it's a huge amount of money. You know, each screen, the good ones are, you know, 3000 bucks, uh, roughly. So, you know, they just, you know, if somebody with dual screens or in some cases triple screens, they just ripped off $9,000 and they literally just go with a hammer and smash everything around it and rip everything out and then run with it. Mm, okay. And then if you hit a handful of boats in a night, you can make out with like 20 grand worth of equipment pretty right. much. Yeah. Right. Wow. Okay. So part of the things that we do is um, we offer a free vessel safety and security inspection that we'll come out to your vessel, we'll spend some time with you and we'll go through and we'll share some tips with you about things that you should do to help protect your vessel, keep it safe, keep it secure, things that you look out. Because for us, it is about people being safe and secure on the waterways. Well, and what are some of the things that people don't know when you go to do these assessments? I mean, what what are some of the things that right away you see a lot of times that people can improve? The one biggest thing that everybody could do right now is if you've got a set on electronics is walk out there and set a pin. You know, the same little things you do for your phone. Why don't you have it on your $3,000 piece of glass sitting in your boat? As simple as that. Because at least you have a little bit of peace of mind that if they do steal it, like your phone, it's not worth much. Hmm. Okay. So, very, so that's one very simple thing. Um, another simple thing that I tell people, even if you put a cover, if you have covers um, that you usually use to protect your screens or protect, put a cover on it so that it's a little harder for them to see what kind of electronics you have. You know, just like you cover your seats, cover your console. Little things like that make a big difference. Because in that case, they might look at it and they might not be able to tell what it is. So it could be something like it's not as easy of a target or it's not as guaranteed of correct a high value target. So correct. possibly could move on. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. And like everything else in your house, you do little things to, you know, you lock your doors. I can't tell you how many times I go on boats and that there's, there's keys sitting in the boat readily accessible where you can just reach over and grab them. Um, you know, it's kind of like the old, we used to pull down the visor of the windshield and there's the keys. Same thing with people's boats. Open up the little hatch. There they are. Sometimes they're still hanging in the boat. They're not even put away. Um, you know, or they don't lock their cabin doors or, you know, the simple, simple things. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Okay. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, it's really funny how like the basics apply pretty much across the board, whether it's your car, whether it's your house, whether it's your boat, it's the same thing. It's an asset and you got to protect it. Right. And, okay. and I think, you know, I use, the, I use the analogy that, you know, you've got that, I'm just going to use an inexpensive car in your garage. You know, you, you lock the doors, it's got an anti-theft device, your garage door's down, you wash it every week. Why wouldn't you do the same thing for your boat? Um, and I, another, another great example is, you know, a lot of us have people that mow our lawns, clean our pools. Some people have, 
you know, people that actually manage their houses when they're gone, you know, why wouldn't you do the same thing with your boat? Yeah. You know, it, it, it just makes logical sense that you should take the same steps there. Well, all right. So, and I think that's a good time to talk about the overall kind of service that you guys do. And then I want to circle back to how this got started, because I know that a big part of this, like you said, it's not just, hey, we show up and fill up the boat and we take you out on it. You're monitoring things. You're checking to make sure that systems are functioning, keeping track of part numbers, serial numbers, warranties, all of this different stuff. And then also making sure the the entire process is enjoyable so people can actually use their boat, like you said, <laughs> when they show up to it. Um, right. So can can you guys walk through really the the experience, like what it's like for a customer to hire you? Have you managed the the vessels to go out on the water? What that's like? And then I want to circle back to the story of how this came to be because I think that'll give some context to all of this. Yeah. You want to kind of go into our basic services, what we offer? Yeah, so we do the 24-7, 365 monitoring. Um, we have, you know, our technology that we can look at, uh, you know, your boat and make sure everything's all good. So that's a big component. Um, we also do the, um, we, we monitor, uh, not just for security reasons or, um, you know, if something happens with your boat, but also, uh, maintenance. So anything that needs to be redone on your boat from, you know, even just washing or replacing life jackets or, you know, whatever needs to be done, we, we go down to the detail, um, for maintenance. So anything, if, if a, a bilge pump does go out, you know, we can, um, again, manually from, uh, remotely, uh, communicate to vendors uh, that we need to replace this and schedule maintenance for your boat. Um, we do uh, the that's kind of, I guess the the yacht management component of it. Sure. Um, if your boat needs to be cleaned, we schedule those. Um, we do the typical yeah. captain services. Yeah. We do deliveries. Um, you know anything maintenance wise. We'll upgrade yeah. electronics. Uh, we'll do basic repairs. You know yeah. we'll contract service providers. We also do um, boat and yacht sales. Mm -hmm. So we've kind of got the gamut from the day you decide you want to buy a boat to the day that you want to get out of your boat. Yeah. And everything in between, we kind of covered. It used to be, you know, we started. I started this business mostly doing captain services and running charters and things like that. Mm -hmm. Now we've come full circle where we're doing everything from buying the boat to chartering the boat to selling the boat to fixing the boats to teaching to trainings to yeah. just taking people out on their boats. So it's, it's kind of the full full scale of things. Uh, and something I do want to circle back around with is some of the things that we do and some of the things that we're involved with are also D DIY stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you're an experienced boat owner and you're thinking to yourself, why, well, you know, I don't really need somebody to manage my boat. That's great. You don't have to use us to manage your boat. All we want to do is help you with the process and make it easier and simpler and save you some time. So you have more time to spend uh, on your boat. As a salesperson, the one thing that I hear more often than not is why do people get out of selling their boats? Just take a wild guess. Why do they get out of selling yeah, why, their boats? Or why do they why do they want to sell their boat? Um, because it's too expensive and they don't use it. That's a good portion of it. Yes. Okay. And so it's not what, so, what so, is it? so it's not really that it's too expensive. It's the amount of time and money that they spend on it, vice the time that they use it. Mm -hmm. Because it's like you said. You come back with a family and your first memory that popped into your head was, I got to go clean the boat. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't about all the time that you had on the boat or the fun that you had. That mm -hmm. you, It's like, oh, oh great. It was, that was a fun day, but now I got to come home and I got to clean the boat. And and I, I'm, the, I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, even on my personal boat, oh, I got to go clean it before I go use it. How many times have I said that? I got to go. Yeah. I'll meet you at the boat. I'll be there a half hour early because I got to clean it first. 
you know, so that's that's a big portion of it is the amount of time that you spend on a boat versus the amount of time that you actually use it. Well, and that probably comes down to the type of boat that you buy. I'd imagine that you've you've. So why did you get this the sales list? I should ask you that question. I I feel like I almost know the disasters that people buy boats that aren't qualified for. But why did you get the sales license? So part of it was really part of it was just the complete holistic approach to the live blue concept for us. Okay, which is that everything is in, in compiled into one. You know, the the earth is comprised of what eighty percent water. So for me, this is just another part of that eighty percent that we want to help people through the entire process from, you know, beginning to end. I know a lot of customers, Hey, I want to upgrade my boat. I want to do something different, you know? And so that's one more piece of knowledge and expertise that we have to help folks in their process. Got it. You know, I'm not going to be the guy that's going to go out and sell a thousand boats a year. That's not why I got in. That's not why I got my license. It's to help the five, six, seven, eight, nine clients that I have that are looking and wanting to change or do things differently. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it inevitably when somebody buys a boat, you're going to have the either the growing pains that I want a bigger boat or I want to downsize or I got to get rid of it. Um, and and I say that with a with with love because I I recently you know over the holidays met with this and they were in, they had to be in their late seventies and they had owned boats their entire life. I mean, they knew boats inside and out. And they had a houseboat and they loved it. They went out on it every weekend. And she goes. Had I known that something like your services existed, I probably would have never kept the boat and we probably would still be using it on the weekends. And I told her, I said, well, I don't know about when Chicago, where you're from, I'm pretty sure they probably had something similar, but you know, down here, we're pretty fortunate that we have access to a lot of different things mm -hmm. that a lot of different people in the country don't have. And that goes back to the whole DIY thing is these tools that we're talking about are available for DIY usage. You know, the remote, the monitoring system, it comes on an app on your phone. You can look at your boat's location anytime you want to look at it. You can look at the systems. You can follow your trips and, you know, you can set up geofencings and all sorts of stuff. That's all DIY. We use a piece of software that's a software management for your, your boat, basically, where we put in all of your preventative maintenance schedules, you know, and we get down to, we're going to tell you exactly when you got to lube the snaps for your cushions. So we get really detailed on some of those things. In addition to that, like Samantha said, we can, with a press of a button, submit a work order to a vendor that says, hey, I need to replace this, or it's time for the engines to get serviced because we're tracking engine hours, we're tracking all this stuff. So it can be a DIY 100%, it can be DIY 25%, or it can be DIY 0%. <laughs> sure. All depends on the needs of the customer and goes back to our earlier discussion about how we how we do things differently in our business. And it's really centered about what the customer needs and what they want, because not everybody is the same. Some customers want to walk on and walk off their boat. Some of them want to be in, involved in it, the entire process. Some want to learn as they go along. So they want a combination of, I really want you to do it, but I really want to learn what you're doing so that if I ever have to or ever want to, then at least I have that knowledge. Yeah. Well, and, and all that information too, I imagine, I know it happens in aviation, but it does, it does give you some semblance of here's what's on the boat now. Here's what's been done. Here's like the amount of assets that are currently on the boat. Um, so I'd imagine that probably helps with like resale and er makes that process smoother too. As a salesperson, I can tell you that's the biggest fault that boat owners have is when they go to resell a boat, they have no maintenance records. They've kept nothing. You know, the boat might have been serviced and the dealer may have it, but chances are 
like a lot of us, we try to save money. So we may use the backyard mechanic guy or we may use somebody else and that they may not have the records of a big, you know, retail outlet. Mm -hmm. So you may not have any of those records. Well, our system helps maintain those records. You can maintain them yourself in the, in the same system. So that's helpful. But not having records is a big detriment to selling a boat because unlike cars where you can go to a dealership and there's Carfax and all those types of things, there isn't that type of application for boats. So you have to be able to provide all that information. And I'm seeing a lot of it now from COVID is people are now getting out of the boats that they bought during COVID. And when we ask them, well, where's the maintenance records? Well, don't have any. Now, is that because you haven't done any maintenance or is it because of another reason? And nine times out of 10, it's because I haven't done any maintenance on the boat. And so those are, those are big key aspects if you want your asset to maintain its value because boats are holding value. Yeah. And I mean, and I, so I bet that whole, so does that end up holding up a lot of sales or does that change like the dynamics of a lot of sales as they're in process? People ask for these records, like what, what happens because of a lack of that? It holds it up. It holds okay. it up. And so a lot of times what will happen is they'll go do, especially on more expensive vessels, well, it's becoming more and more important now too, is they'll have a survey done. And a survey is basically a guy that'll go through and inspect everything in quite detail. And if there's an issue with the boat and you don't have a maintenance records to say that you've taken care of this problem or resolved it, then it becomes an issue and holds up the sale. Got it. And I mean, with the size of these boats and the, the dollar amount that's attached to it, this is, not, uh, this is not something that you really want held up. It's almost like getting a home inspection and like, hey, well, we haven't done anything like this in 30 right. years or however long it is. And so do you end up seeing that that impacts the value of it or is it more just it ends up holding up the the sale or the speed of the sale itself? You know, I think the values of boats, just like a house is there. Okay. You know, with a three bedroom, two bath house is worth X, generally speaking. Well, a, you know, 32 foot boat with three 300s on the back is generally worth X. But it does help in the resaleability of the, of the boat. If you go to somebody's house and that three-bedroom, two-bath house is in immaculate conditions and it's got a pool and it's been well-maintained and you, you, know, you can see that it doesn't need a new kitchen and that it's been painted, then generally speaking, that's going to be more attractive to your eye than that house that's not been taken care of or that doesn't have the pool. So a 32-foot boat is the same way. As a sea keeper in it, it's going to be a little more attractive because now you've got a sea keeper. If you've got the maintenance records, now you've proven that you've done the service that you're supposed to. If it looks clean because it's been well-maintained, that's going to help the process in selling it. Mm -hmm. So it may not affect your value greatly, but it will affect how fast you can get in or get out of a boat. Got it. Okay. So it, it almost impacts the liquidity of your boat <laughs> pretty much. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And if the one thing that I can get across to people in this, in this session is that you need to treat your boat like you treat any other asset that you own. Because that's exactly what it is. It may be an asset that, that loses its value, but an asset just like your car needs to be maintained. Mm -hmm. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. Interesting. I hadn't thought about that section, but all right. Cool. So let's go back to the start of this. So how did, how did this come to be? I'm going to pass this one to Sam. <laughs> so I think so. It's kind of a, it's, it's kind of like a godsend almost. Um, I was doing many things um, before this. I was personal trainer, um, house cleaner, um, home caretaker, whatever you call, just all things, um, all purpose is what I call myself. Um, so I actually did an ad on a Naples page 
and for cleaning. And so he uh, popped up. He wanted me to clean his home. And so, you know, I came in. I did, uh, I think I did a, a couple house cleanings. Um, I ended up actually doing home health care for his wife uh, a few, like maybe a month into it. Um, and that kind of evolved to cleaning. He was like, oh, you know, you want to clean some boats? And I was like, <laughs> I have a problem saying no. So I was like, 100%, I'll definitely clean your boat. Um, and so that turned into let's go on charters. And um, I think he just saw my go-getter, you know, attitude. And um, Absolutely. Yeah, not wanting to say no is, a, I guess, a problem and a solution for me. <laughs> um, and so that kind of just evolved to, you know, being a, in business together. I have a, a business administration degree and I've, um, I helped run a cleaning company, uh, when I lived in Kentucky. Um, so I've kind of have just like my background is a lot of the, the background administrative stuff. So I kind of can help, um, guide him as far as that sense goes, just cause he, a lot of guiding. <laughs> yeah. He, as you can tell, he has a lot going on in the field. Like, I mean, he kind of runs, he's the captain. So he's the, the expert when it comes to all of the boating and the technology and the insurance and, and all of that. So I can kind of help him with the background and um, the monitoring and all of that. So we've we've just kind of found a happy medium working together um, that he benefits me and I benefit him. And I think we're just always learning. So, yeah. You know, it's kind of like the, the husband and wife that's on the boat. The husband's doing all of the cleaning and all of the maintenance and stuff. But, you know, you got somebody in the background that's ordering the ice and the food and the drinks. <laughs> and, you know, hey, I need this or I need that. Or, hey, mm -hmm. can you hand me the hose? You know, something yeah. as simple as that. Um, so she's kind of turned it at me and, you know, you know, this as a business owner, every once in a while you come across somebody, then you're like, I really wish that I had a place for somebody and I really wish I could hire this person, mm -hmm. but I just can't. Well, fortunately I kind of felt like I was in the position and almost had to mm -hmm. of, I got to make a home for her and yeah. you know, there, there's, there's a place for her here and not only will it benefit me, but it's going to benefit our customers. It's going to benefit our business. And it, since then, it's felt like a glove. It fits perfectly. Yeah. We have a lot of um, our business missions um, and vision statements. They they literally go hand in hand, just like who we, uh, who we are as people and like just what we want to, to bring to the table for our clients and um, their lives just to make them easier and um, helpful and just whatever we can do uh, to help others. And so that's kind of been our biggest... Um, aspect of like us working together and creating something, you know, great. It's not just about, um, you know, the boat and yacht management. It's about, you know, what we can help people to enjoy, you know, enjoying their life and family and friends and just kind of coming together, um, you know, and just living instead of working. <laughs> well, and so, so, so why is that important for you as a, as the mission for the business, right? Like why is, why is taking care of customers and making that experience like a great one? Why is that important? Why is that important to you guys? I mean, I think for me, life life is so short. Um, and like you go out there and you go on the water and I mean, just, you know, there's that tranquility and, you know, you see, you can, you can feel and witness and I mean, all the things while you're out there and it's just serenity. So for people to be able to enjoy that, that part of their life and not work to death. And, you know, you can forget about there's so much stress in life everywhere you go, everywhere you turn. And if you can just forget about that and focus on what matters to you and we can take that away from you, that stress, um, I think that's just so important for me. I and mean, that's one of the reasons people hire me as a captain. 
Yeah. So that they can spend time with their family and their friends and enjoy it and not have to worry about the boat and the trouble and the headaches and the mess. And, you know, if you've driven through Naples on a holiday weekend on the water, it can get a little crazy. Um, and so that's just one one less piece of thing that you've got to worry about. Yeah. And so for us, it was it's really about people being able to create those lasting memories. Mm-hmm. And we very much had the same type of vision. And then the other thing that that we've talked about this before is um, we kind of believe that, you know, God has really intervened and set us on a path. And part of our goal and our mission is to make people be able to create those memories. I think back in my own lifetime of where all my memories were created, like the ones that pop into my head mm-hmm. and probably more than three quarters of them have to do with something in the water. Yeah. And I actually would agree because I spent, I mean, I lived, I grew up in Michigan, but um, you know, being on jet skis and the boats and that's just the best experiences yeah. and memories. And so that, that ability for us to help people really create those positive memories and not worry about the stress and the, and the fussle about a boat, you know, I jokingly say it all the time. It's a boat. You're going to inevitably, I step on a boat and nine times out of a 10, I'm not being called because there's nothing wrong with the boat. I'm being called because there's something wrong and something's not working. <laughs> and inevitably the first thing out of my mouth is it's a boat. It's fixed today. It's broken tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it goes. I, I can't explain it. I don't know why. Um, so our goal and mission is to try to minimize those experiences so that they're creating the positive ones instead. And whatever we can do to help that process, we're all about. You know, if it's as simple as you need somebody to clean your boat, mm-hmm. fine. You full-fledged management, fine. I need somebody for the weekend to captain, fine. You know, those are all things that we do that, you know, I got to get I got to get rid of this boat and sell it because I'm fed up with it. <laughs> no problem. You know, it's whatever we can do to help to create those memories for people. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Okay. Well, and I want to ask you about any any good stories that you've got over the years that are that stand out that would be worth sharing that could be funny could be something but I do want to ask you where is where's the company heading now I know that you just rebranded and you're you're off and running and you've got a bunch of new customers and all these new services too that are that are launched and going it's really cool to see as a fellow small business owner who's trying to do something similar to that and grow and expand where where does the company go from here? I mean, I feel like only up. I mean, for me, mine is just kind of take action. The more action you take, you know, the better you'll be. And um, that's kind of been my goal from the beginning. I kind of keep him on that that track of just, you know, the everyday stressors are, those are going to happen. And those are, I guess, actually good because, you know, that's just what makes you stronger. So if we keep trucking along and um, pushing, I mean, I think I see great things out of the company. Obviously, we've expanded from just doing charters um, to all of these different components of the business. And so, you know, who knows? But the sky is the limit as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> you know, I, st- I started out in this business uh, a little over 15 years ago as a professional mariner, if you will, probably actually before that, because it took a while to actually get my captain's license up to that. But I've had my license since uh, 2010. And I've, I've, wherever I've lived, it's, it's always been the dream. And it was always about, you know, either running, either running charters on my boat, or I was driving a water taxi, or I was working on a dive boat, or, you know, captaining for somebody else. And it was always about just that little aspect. But every time I turned around, there was something new that came up that says, I can help with that. I can make this ex- better in a better experience for somebody. And that's and that's really kind of how it started. And when I moved here to Naples, um, right after COVID, I was living in the Keys. 
And when they shut down the keys, essentially my business down there tanked. Yeah. And so, um, you know, after, you know, I decided there's got to be another another place. And where do I really want to live? And after all the research, I'm like, well, I think Naples is where I kind of want to settle. And so I was driving for people and I was running some charters and I was chartering on other people's boats. And then that led into, hey, can you take care of this boat or can you do this for me? And then I'm like, well, this is a whole nother business model that wasn't there. So where it goes in the future, I don't know. We're, you know, we're, we've we've connected with um, with a gentleman who has a brand new boat and he's looking at expanding his charters. And so we're now we're looking into doing overnight trips and we don't know where that's going to go. And then when you look at the management side of it, you know, it used to be as simple as I was just driving people's boats when they were gone in the winter, in the summertime, just to make sure that the batteries didn't die. Then it turned into, well, I got to get the batteries fixed. Okay, well, we can take care of that for you. And now I got this and now I need the electronics installed. Okay, we can do that. And so it's kind of keeps growing. So where is it going to end up? I'm not really sure. Well, it's interesting that you say that, right? So with the growth of the company, it seems like a lot of it comes from, hey, we do this. And then somebody asks you, hey, can you do this? Like, hey, I've got this problem. Can you solve it for us? Mm-hmm. And and that goes to really kind of what our, our whole belief is, is that we bring an entire community of experts to you. Mm-hmm. So no, can I fix this? Maybe not. You know, do do I do engine services? No, I don't work on engines, but I have like three or four guys that do. You know, do you work on diesels? No, I don't, but I got this guy, this guy, and this guy. So I have a community of people that surrounds us. I'm part of the Marine Association Marine Association of Collier County. And we have a whole group of people that this is all they do is the marine industry, whether it's dock guys or whether it's repair people or whether it's other sales boats, whether it's, you know, the yacht sales company or, you know, boat dealer or all these different aspects of the marine industry that help really as a team to help people take care of their boats. And then you add to that the the activism that we do as far as what we represent you, the boat owner and the legislator as part of the association, that's the boat owners that get together that help this process Mm -hmm. and, and really drive change in this industry or protect change from happening um, that we don't want things to happen. Yeah. So, you know, again, it's about a community of people and boating is very much a community. And those of you that have boats know it, you, you go out and you meet your friends on the boats. Yeah. You know, it's not generally, you know, you will go out and go cruising around by yourself. But if you go down to Key Waden on a weekend and look at all the people and then you walk around and see how many people know each other and, you know, meet each other, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's as important as that. So it's an entire community of people. And we really believe that. It's interesting too that by being part of a community like that and having these different resources of people that you can tap into that can do different things to take care of customers, you also start seeing the bigger landscape as it is, right? Mm -hmm. So you said like helping pass legislation or try to avoid legislation, things like that. I mean, so what are, I'm just curious, I don't want to derail us, but like what are some of the big kind of legislative changes that you've been seeing that are either positive or negative that people need to be aware of? I don't know if any of it's positive because I'm not a big fan of government getting involved in your life. <laughs> sure. um, but there's been several pieces of legislation that some of it was actually passed as part of COVID bills, um, which is really scary when you think about it in itself, but I digress on the politics of it. Um, but there's a couple of rules that that's come out, um, one of which was kill switches, that you're required to wear your kill switch. And there's rules of boat size and you know this, that, and the other. But Jenna's a general rule we used to all, we all got the little kill switch and basically what they are is a little red lanyard that's attached to a switch that if you fall overboard and you're attached to the lanyard, 
you pull the switch, it kills, kills the motor. Biggest fear of mine is when I was fishing in the Keys by myself and I'm fishing by myself and I fall overboard. The boat's going to keep going and I'm not. And that's the end of me. So I understand the reason behind it, but that was one of the laws that got passed. Again, not a big fan of somebody instigating it, but usually what happens is somebody comes up with a solution that works a little bit better. So now they've got Bluetooth enabled kill switches. So you wear this little Bluetooth device like you would wear anything else. And if you go overboard, it hits the water, it shuts the engine off. Gives you more freedom to move around the boat. Nice thing is you can put it on the kids, you can put it on the dog. And if they go overboard, it sounds an alarm. So there's some positive things that have come out of that. Um, there are some big changes where it comes to folks that are renting out their boats. That used to be not an issue. Well, now they've passed the law that basically says that you've got to register with the, with the state that says, I'm basically renting a boat. And then with that comes insurance requirements. Now, there's a toss-up because now it's violating federal law in, in, without getting into great big detail, but it's a big issue of, of bare boat, demise, boating versus renters and insurance and requirements. Long drawn out, don't know how it's going to play out, but that was one that was passed as part of a, another bill. So um, there are changes that are coming. Uh, there was another one that had to do with um, fire extinguishers. Really simple one, but, you know, there is there is those types of legislations. So, you know, part of our goal is as we meet people, we learn what boaters want and need, we have these discussions. Yeah, well, and that's and that's something important too. And I'm even learning in my industry as I, I learn more about video and marketing and all these things of what kind of regulations are going on and how this all works. And the more I learn about these different professional fields is the amount of impact that that has that, you really need to tap into people who have that expertise because yes. they'll help you avoid so many pitfalls that you just walk right into on your own. Mm -hmm. Like you could buy a boat thinking like, yeah, I'll take this and I'll rent it maybe and I'll do this and I'll make my money back. You see it with Airbnbs all the time. Now mm -hmm. this is like big crackdown. So <laughs> it is helpful to have somebody who's got that expertise who can be like, hey, you know, they come to you to buy a boat. Like before you enact right. this plan and spend $700,000, you might want to look at this, this, and this, because this is going on. I mean, I'm the same thing as I had somebody call, call me up and say, hey, I'm, I want to Airbnb my boat. Okay, that's a great idea, but let's talk about this first. Yeah. You know, let's, <laughs> let's, let's have a conversation about this, because it's, it's not as easy as you think type of, type of a situation. Um, and, and, and it is so important, just like you said, that if you don't, you can ask. I am not the best captain in the world. There are captains way more qualified than I am. But what I do is have the resources around me that help support that. And I think that's one of the things that's unique about our business is typically management for boats doesn't exist in the class that we're operating in and not the way we do it. There's a few companies out there, but there's not a large amount. Because generally speaking, if you have a 50 or a 60 or 70 foot yacht, you're going to go hire a full-time captain to manage and maintain your yacht. And that's all they do is manage and maintain the, the, your yacht. Well, what we bring to the table is the ability to keep your costs down and we, because we're managing several different boats at the same time. You know, you're not going to have that on-demand captain unless you want it, but typically we can help you manage all the stuff, you know, whether it's the big one or the little one. And so we keep those costs down for people versus hiring a full-time crew. Got it. Got it. And do you even work with people who do have the full-time crew and then you can actually take care of all these these other aspects Absolutely. and then jump in where you need? Absolutely. Because okay. again, he's a single person on a single boat and he may know that boat really well and he may have the laundry list of services and stuff that he has 
But hey, all of a sudden I'm in a different set of waters or I don't know this and I don't know that. Who do I have to call? And the, the database is a great example because we load all of the owner's manuals and all that stuff into that database. If you have a full-time captain, he's looking at that database and he's able to manage his boat right there. Here's his preventative maintenance schedule. Tells him exactly what he's got to do when. And then you as the owner now have some validity that what he's saying is being done. Because now you've gotten proof rather than, you know, the guy's on the boat three days a week, but what is he really doing? Yep. You know, and it's the same thing for us. We go on a boat, we're on, you're on, we're on your boat for four or five hours. What did we really do besides drive it around the bay? So this gives us the tools and the resources to support what we're doing. And that's, I think, hugely important as this industry involves and changes because those checks and balances have not been there in the past. Mm-hmm. And people have fallen into pitfalls because of that. So yeah. that's one of the reasons we're pushing so hard on the, on the monitoring system and the geofencing and the software piece of the puzzle because we think it just makes the complete package. Got it. It gives people full insight into what's going on. So yeah. it removes a lot of the guesswork when you go to communicate for sale, when you go to communicate with insurance, when you just want to go use your boat in general, you have a clearer picture of what's going on. You have a point of contact. Yes. You're, it's, you're removing a lot of that guesswork for people. Mm-hmm. And we go back to the example earlier. We talked about the guy that couldn't figure out how to start his electronics. Um, our monitoring system comes with a 24-7, 365 access. Pick up the phone. You got a maintenance technician on the phone with you mm. that can walk you through that. So that's a huge benefit in itself. Now your day is not ruined because you can't start your electronics. Um, and that's included in our package. Nice. Okay. So it's the little things that, that we try to do that, that make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah, that end user experience, it's, it's everything. And as a, as a business owner myself and as I grow this and as I get a lot of things wrong and then I start getting them more and more right, that's what it seems like it is at the end of the day. It's like, what problem can I solve for you? How do I make this experience as good as possible? And then people keep showing back up, which is, which is nice. I didn't quite get that right at the beginning of my journey here. <laughs> I don't think any of us did as business owners. No. It was something you, you know, we fumbled into and learned. And, you know, just like in my business, it's like, oh, yeah, we can help with this. We can do this. We can do this better. Yeah. We can make it better for you. Yeah, that's, that's the key. best part, though. Like, the more you learn and, I don't know, it just makes it better. You know, it's just kind of like if you, like, grew up already rich and you just don't, you know, you don't necessarily like appreciate the process of getting there. So it's a, you know, you're just more proud of yourself when it's all said and done. Yeah, you accomplish something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I tell my clients all the time, the beautiful thing about a boat is you will get on a boat and you will learn something. Good, bad, and yeah. different about yourself, <laughs> about the boat, about navigating, whatever it is. Almost inevitably when I get on a boat, I learn something new every single day. Yeah. And, and I think that's the nice thing about boating in general is because you can learn a lot about yourself and you and who you are as a person just by being on boats. For sure. Well, and, and so what has it been like just from a personal perspective of growing this business and taking it from a solo operation and kind of building out this network to now being like, hey, we're, we're going we're gonna to grow this thing. We're transitioning the name. Like what has is, what is that felt like as a business owner? It's been hugely exciting. Yeah. It really has. Um, and I'm actually tearing up about it a little bit because, you know, I think, you know, God put me on a path. And it's not the path that I wanted, not the path that I thought I would be on. And where I'm at today is nowhere near in relationship where I would have thought 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And I don't know where it's going to go in the future either. 
but I have to trust and believe that like I believe that he brought us together and now we're forming this company as partners and growing it, that he has a path and plan for not just me now, but her as well. And then I also look at some of even my clients that look at that path that we're all these different paths are merging um, and uh, have, a, have a, a, I don't know, life coach is the right word for Peter. but um, He was talking the other day, we were talking and he says, you have to think about the world like this, is that there are 7 million people in the world or billion or trillion, whatever it is, however many people, we're all connected somehow. Through some way, shape, or form, we're connected to every one of those single of those people. And so as I think about the business and how it grows, I think about all the people that we're connected to in one way, shape, or form, big, small, little, doesn't matter, but we're connected. And as this process flows, I feel like a river or, you know, an eddy or whatever, it's, it's going to move and it's going to change. You know, uh, the shoals are going to shift a little bit. Um, you know, it's not always going to be smooth. It's some days it's going to be rough out there, but those experiences help build you and make you a better person, a better company and a better organization. Mm -hmm. So if that's, you know, kind of where I feel like we are today, it's, it's, it's humbling when you think about it. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure you could probably say the same thing that you never thought you would be sitting here between podcasts. <laughs> like, not a clue. <laughs> you know, and it's, it's people like you get a degree. Yours is business administration, so it's a little easier. Um, mine was, you know, I had a lot of hospitality and business in mind, so it's a little easier. But, you know, those people that go out and get engineering degrees and don't work a day in their field, <laughs> you know, it's kind of the same process that we feel like, you know, that we're being guided here some way. Yeah, I, I mean, I never would have guessed I was going to be a part of a yacht management. No. Like never in my life. <laughs> so when I met him and, you know, he was just like cleaning boats, that's all it, you know, I didn't even think big. I was like, oh, yeah, just cleaning boats. That's fine. And so, I mean, now we're here and I'm, I'm just grateful, you know, from where we are and the path that we're on. I'm just excited to see what it holds. What I would have never in my vision thought that, you know, yeah. I would, young kid, that would, be, <laughs> that would become a partner in a business with me. Yeah. That would be the last thing that I would have thought of ever because you were definitely not what I envisioned as yeah. a partner. You know, maybe some guy with a beard and, you know, <laughs> another captain, but, you know, you know it's it's just interesting how the world works and how you're being changed and influenced. And I think if you can recognize those changes and recognize what's coming in front of you, th there is no limit. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> so, all right. That's, I think there's a perfect spot to, to kind of wrap it up. So thank you guys for joining me. I really appreciate it because this was, this helped me understand a couple different aspects of yacht management that, Kind of, I think we're floating around in my head maybe that I maybe knew a little bit about. It kind of solidified it. But is there, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you guys want to touch on? Is there anything else that we should cover? I think the only thing I want to stress, because and you highlighted earlier, made me think about it when we talked about the boat size. It's not really, it's not really just yachts. It's, it's boats. I mean, if you go back to what the official definition of a yacht is, it's basically 30 feet. But again, it's boats and yachts, really. Um, if, if somebody's got a challenge with their boat or they need help with their boat, then we're able to help them. Whether it's a small boat, a large boat, medium boat, doesn't matter. Um, we can help. So I think that's the, the one thing I want to stress to people that don't think about it as a big yacht because there's the big super yachts. And, you know, if you've ever watched the below deck, people think of those types of things. Yeah. Some of the same things apply, whether it's a big, big boat or a little boat. Mm -hmm. Got it. Yeah. And I mean, I think that 
um, you know, if anyone has any questions or concerns with their, their boat or, you know, um, anything to give us a call. Yeah. So, um, and what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? And I'll include links in the show notes and everything like that. So they can definitely reach through us through, through phone. Um, so it's 239-734-BLUE is our phone number. You can also reach us on the, the web at liveblue.life, liveblue.life. And then uh, we also wanted to put an offer out to all of your folks out there that if you are wanting for us to come out and take a look at your vessel and do a, a safety and security review, we're happy to do that in person, come out, meet you at the boat, kind of walk through the boat with you and, and help you along because we want to protect your asset as much as you do. And if we can help just a little bit, we're happy to do so. And it's no charge for that. And we're willing to do that uh, just to help out your viewers and listeners. Nice. Thank mm -hmm. you. Appreciate it. That's yeah, awesome. And I'll make sure that we include all that stuff in the show notes. So that way, if you are listening, that you guys can go in the show notes and find all this. But, uh, and also you guys have LinkedIn too, so they can connect with you guys there as Correct. well. Yep. All right. Yep. Blue Blue is on there uh, as well uh, individually. So definitely uh, punch the like button for that. Yeah, that'll be <laughs> perfect. And we'll tag you guys in all the stuff that we put out too. So, awesome. well, thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you, Chris. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. This episode is brought to you by Southwest Florida Podcast. We help businesses make marketing videos. A lot of businesses see the value in video content, but they don't know where to start. Filming, editing, posting on social media, these can take up a lot of time and they can be pretty frustrating. And that's where we come in. We work with businesses to highlight the value they bring to their customers and share that online. Now we've created the Marketing Manager's Guide to Video Content that you can download for free by following the link below or scanning the QR code on your screen. 